Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. Without further ado, let's bring on TJ tonight. TJ, how are you doing tonight? Excellent. So excited to be here. Awesome, man. I'm so excited. Guys, once again, his channel's linked in the description. Everybody watching on the replay, I need you right now to go subscribe. Let's get him over a thousand tonight in Jesus' name. I really believe that he's a voice that God is raising up. We've brought him on. I think this maybe is his third or fourth time on. And this year, we're going to be partnering up more and more and more as the year goes on. Because TJ, I really believe, man, we are in a time where God is raising up prophetic voices, where God is raising up people that are going to be bold. We're not going to be silent about the power of God. We're not going to be silent about signs and wonders and miracles we are in a miracle moment guys listen if there's ever been a moment in history where we need a miracle revival where we need the power of god to move in our lives every single one of us watching tonight need god to move in some way or another and i don't know about you guys but i'm not interested in some dead religious christianity i know many of you that are following the channel you say isaiah for 30 40 50 years i've been in some dead crusty religious church I've never experienced the power or the presence or the anointing of God. And I believe one of the biggest reasons, TJ, we're not seeing miracles in our life is because we believe that miracles just happen. And here's the reality, guys. Many times in scriptures, miracles don't just happen. Many mainstream churches, mainstream denominations, mainstream YouTube channels teach and use the sovereignty of God to just justify laziness. And we're just going straight for it tonight. But understand, guys, we don't chase miracles or follow miracles, miracles are attached to the life of a genuine believer and they validate whether we actually believe the Bible or not. Many people say they believe, but TJ, there's no evidence of miracles in their life. There's no evidence of the supernatural in their life. Many people say they believe, but I'm going, where are the signs that are following? Guys, God does not bless laziness. God does not anoint complacency. God's power does not flow through the idle believer. In Mark 16, 17, it says, and these miracles or miraculous signs will accompany those that believe. They will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. They will drink anything poisonous and it won't hurt them. And then watch what it says here, guys. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick. This is your Bible and they will be healed. Now, sometimes TJ, we beg for something that's already been given. And what's interesting to me in Mark 16, TJ, is it doesn't even say that they're going to pray for the sick. This is your Bible, guys. Guys, don't say, oh, this is blasphemy. This is in your Bible. It says they're going to lay their hands on the sick and the sick are going to be healed. Why? Because you have the power of God living on the inside of you. Guys, I think we've lost uh, hope in what we have. I think we've lost sight of what we have. And that is the presence and the power of almighty God living on the inside of us. So tonight we're not following miracles. We're not chasing miracles. Miracles are the fruit and miracles follow them that believe we've been given super natural power by the Holy Spirit to perform signs and wonders and miracles. And I don't know why, TJ, we're not using the miracle power of God. Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. I don't know about you guys, but I want that power. 1 Corinthians 4.20 says the kingdom of God is not about talk, but it's about the power and the demonstration. The church is not filling the need that God has put in us so the world capitalizes on it. Think about this, TJ. 
all the best-selling books, all the best-selling movies are what? Superhero powers, magic, witchcraft, spells. Mm -hmm. Even all the kids shows now are all magic, witchcraft, supernatural because God has put a desire on the inside of us that he was made to fill. And we just think that, you know, because the church isn't doing it, we'll go find someone else that's doing it. But I want to prophesy over somebody. It's time to get back to the miracle power of God in the church. The world is longing for the supernatural display of God's power and God's kingdom on the earth. I want to tell somebody in the chat that God is waiting for you to stop using his sovereignty as an excuse to not do miracles and begin to lay hands on the sick and see miracles break out. I speak over you tonight that this is going to be a year of miracles in your life, that you're going to look back in 2022 in January and say 2021, I saw miracles like I've never seen before. I'm not content with not seeing them. I'm not content with living in 2020 all year and not being able to say, five of my favorite miracles of 2020. I want to live in the miracle power of God. I'm going to say one more thing, TJ, and then I'm going to turn it over to you. I was reading today, Ephesians 3.20, it says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, and that's where we all stop right there, but then it says this, according to the power that works on the inside of us. Now, people always leave this part out, according to the power that works in us. So God says, I'll do these things according to the power that's already on the inside of you. If there's no power on the inside of you, you can actually stop the miracle working power of God in your life. God has chosen to flow through believers. He's hidden his power in earthly vessels and Satan can't stop God's power. Let me say that again for some of you sitting in the back. Satan cannot stop the power of God in your life. Only you can stop the power of God. God wants you to have miracles in your life. God wants you to start believing. I believe somebody that's lost hope, maybe it's in a marriage. Maybe you say, I'll never love again. I'll never love my husband again. I'll never love my wife again. I'm always going to be angry. I'm always going to be depressed. I'm always going to be anxious. I'm always going to have this demon. I'm never going to get free from this curse. God is saying to you tonight that there is miracle power to remove every vice of Satan. There is miracle power to strip the enemy's power off of your life. Friend, I came to tell somebody that Satan has been defeated. And we speak tonight. We come with the authority of Almighty God. We come with boldness and saying that there is power in Jesus' name. So if you're watching with your family, get ready for miracle power to be released in your family. This is not hype. This is not religion. This is God's word. And God is longing, I believe, TJ, right now for people to get engaged and to get activated in the power of God that's in their life because God's moving, God's miracle power depends on what will you do. God's power is not going to flow through us if we're content with sitting in a dead church on Sunday morning and then spending the rest of the week void of the Holy Spirit. God is looking for active believers that are going to engage in his miracle working power. And tonight God is calling you. Tonight God is anointing you. Tonight God is saying, this is your moment for a miracle. This is your moment for deliverance. This is your moment for breakthrough. Don't let the moment that God has pass you by. I believe that's the season we're in, TJ. It's time for miracles in the body of Christ. That's right, man. You... All, all of what you were saying just fired me up because, you know, I did a broadcast earlier and one of my main things that I said was uh, people oftentimes will say, well, God allowed it or, you know, God allowed it. it must be his permissive will or something like that. And they literally make up excuses to excuse their lack of miracles and lack of supernatural workings in their life. So they, you know, God will allow what you allow. God will permit what you permit. That's what Jesus essentially was saying when he said, uh, Peter, 
These are the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I'm giving them to you. I'm not going to keep them myself. Because Jesus is the head of the church. But we are his body. And his body is the active, you know, we're, we're the ones on the earth. Jesus is seated at the right hand of the, the, of, of the Father. We are the body of Christ here on the earth. If God is going to get anything done on the earth, it's going to be through his body. That's why Jesus, his last words in Mark 16 weren't, hey, I'm about to leave. Just stay rapture ready. Stay holy one day. You know, don't go out and do anything on your own. One day I'll come back and I'll clean up the mess. No, he said quite the opposite. Now that I'm going, don't get lazy. Matter of fact, I'm about to send you the same spirit that's been on the inside of me. Not another spirit, not a twin Holy Ghost, not a lesser Holy Ghost, the same Holy Ghost that's been in me. You know, uh, what's his name? Uh, in John chapter 14 and verse 6, Philip. Philip says, Lord, if you'll show us the Father, we'll be okay. We'll, you know, we'll finally be satisfied. Jesus said, haven't I been with you long enough? He who has seen me has seen the Father because the works that I do, I don't do on my own initiative. Mom. Jesus was, Jesus is the Son of God, but he operated on the earth by the Holy Ghost to show us an example of what children of God are to look like. That's why he said, uh, the Father who liveth in me, the, the Father who dwelleth in me, He's the one doing the works. And he started to talk about His departure. And what did what, what happened? The disciples' natural reaction. Oh, they got sorrowful. What do you, what do you mean you're leaving? If you leave, you, I mean, we just left everything to follow you. If you leave, all these miracles are going to stop. If you leave, all this, this great progress, progress we've made is going to stop. Jesus said, no, no, you're actually greatly mistaken. If I don't go, come on, if I don't go, I can't send you the helper. But if I go, I will send you the Holy Spirit who's been with you, but shall be in you. Come on. That is that power that is on the inside of you. The Holy Ghost resident in the believer, released by faith into the environment that you're in, has the power to change your world. That's why in 1 John 4, 4, he said, don't fear the evil in this world. You're not to be running around helter-skelter, wondering... You know, uh, man, I hope there's no demons under my bed Come tonight. On. I hope there's no demons. No, you're, the Bible says you're not to give them any, any uh, sway in your life because greater is he that lives in you than he that's in the world. You have to be God inside you minded. You're not, when you get up in the morning, it's not just you. You're going, God said, I'm with you always, even to the ends of the ages. That's why. I mean, John G. Lake, if you ever study his life, one of the pioneers of the gospel to, to Africa, planted, I don't know, a thousand churches throughout his lifetime. He would oftentimes, before he went up to preach, he would look at himself in the mirror and look at himself in a suit because he would dress in a suit and he would say, God is in that suit. Not that he was calling himself God. Mm. He was just aware, just like P Paul said, Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who lives. It's no longer I who lives. I died. My life was buried. I'm 
are raised to newness of life by the glory of the Father, and Christ liveth in me. Jesus lives in me. Where I go, Christ goes with me. Christ above me, Christ beneath me, Christ uh, besides me, Christ within me. Everywhere I go, I am the residential address of the Holy Spirit here on, here, on. on the earth. That's why when I go and preach, I know, you know, people, one of the things that stops people from preaching is because they're afraid of being ridiculed or they're afraid of people not really caring about what they have to say. And that's honestly why a lot of preachers and pastors stick away from miracles, talking about miracles. Well, what if God doesn't do a miracle? What if nothing happens? What if something does happen? Well, I mean, if that's the case, we should never preach the gospel because what if nobody gets saved? Are you going to stop on. preaching the gospel because of that? No. The Bible says if some did not believe, does that nullify the faithfulness of God? No, you'll actually find out for the five people that don't believe, there'll be a hundred people who will take it by force and believe. And um, it, I mean, if you study the entirety of scripture, you look at the book of Acts. These were uneducated, untrained men. They weren't scholars. They weren't. You notice how Jesus, when he picked his 12, he didn't choose a Pharisee. He didn't choose a Sadducee. He didn't choose a uh, 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 um, you know, some high priest. He didn't choose the religious scholars. He went for the, ba the, the base ones. He went for the ones that were deemed foolish. He went for the ones that were deemed dumb in the world standards. First Corinthians 1, when you are called, consider your calling. You weren't called because of your wisdom. You weren't called because of Come your on, strength and natural talent. You weren't called because of your, uh, your, your, your finesse in speaking, like uh, Isaiah quoted before. Paul said, I, I went and I did not preach with eloquence of speech. I didn't preach with persuasive words of wisdom. I didn't have a fancy display like a PowerPoint presentation, three points, a quote from uh, Charles Spurgeon, and then a, a nice little poem to end out the, the, the sermon, like a nice TED talk. He said, I came in the simplicity of the gospel, Christ's death, Christ's burial, Christ's resurrection, Christ's ascension, and Christ's soon coming return. And as he kept to the basics of the gospel, people, <laughs> there's an evangelist in Africa, Dag Heward Mills. He has mighty crusades, mighty miracles, and he just sticks to the very basics of the gospel. And people criticize him. You preach that simple gospel. You preach, preach a basic gospel. They think he's like an idiot. Really, he actually has a PhD. He's a medical doctor before he got saved. And they think he's like just some simpleton. He's actually a brilliant man, but he's tested the, 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 the uh, complexities of the gospel. And then he's tested the simplicity, the simple message. And he's found that the simple message is what produced the greatest results. And he's got miracles galore. Paul said, I came in the demonstration Come on. of the spirit and of the power of God. Acts 4, these men are uneducated. They're untrained men. But yet they perceive them as having been with Jesus. So first things first, if you're going to get a miracle tonight, you have to get rid of that religious jargon that, that makes you to think that unless I'm a minister, come unless on, I'm some priest, on. unless I have a nice white collar with a black uh, uh, collar around it, I, unless I have some sort of degree, unless I've been to Bible college, I'm not qualified for miracles. Trust me, I know a lot of people who've been to Bible college and they've never seen a miracle. And then I know people, not that Bible college is wrong. I, I like Bible college. You should get trained. But I know other people who've never stepped foot in a Bible. Benson Hosa never stepped foot in a Bible college. He was saved two weeks 
And the, uh, he heard a message on Luke 137 that with God, nothing shall be impossible. What did he do? He heard of a person that had fallen from two stories on a building, cracked his head on the street and his brain literally was like spilling out. He heard that with God, nothing is impossible. He went, got rid of the crowd, grabs the guy's head, puts it together and prays. The guy sprang back to life and then began the ministry of Ben Hosa. I tell you, there is nothing that the devil can do to you, your family, your children, your business, your ministry, that the power of God can't do something about. And that power within you is released by faith. As you release that faith, as you turn it loose, I see every form of harassment being arrested. Come on. Every chain of indictment being broken. Every demonic stronghold shattering. Every sickness lifting off your body. Every financial need being met in the name of Jesus Christ. And the devil won't have anything to say about it. Because the Bible says whatever is born of God has overcome this world. And this is the victory. Even our faith. Faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Come on, I think I love what you said, how miracles are for the average normal believer. And this is the common misconception and the biggest roadblock to us seeing miracles in our personal life is waiting on a pastor. And friend, I want to tell you something. Maybe your pastor is not going to tell you. And what I've seen, uh, TJ, with religion is religion wants you to depend on a leader or a pastor. That is why people say you can't pray for the sick. Bring them to the pastor to pray for the sick. You can't cast out a demon. Bring them to the specialist to cast out a demon. You can't believe God for this or that. Let the pastor do it. And friend, I want to tell you that you don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a pastor. You don't have to go through somebody special. But you can work miracles in your everyday life. You can believe God. And it's sad because I think many of us are going to have eternal regret when we stand in heaven and realize we missed an entire life of opportunity to see the dead race to see the sick healed, to see demons driven out of people, to prophesy, to give out words of knowledge, to use the discerning of spirits, all these spiritual powers and supernatural abilities that the Holy Spirit governs and gives out to build up his church. And we're going to miss it if we live our lives a natural Christian life. Ask yourself tonight, listen, we're going in hard tonight. Ask yourself, Do I live a nominal, normal Christian life or am I living a life of supernatural miracles? Am I believing God for something beyond what my eyes can see? Something that's going to change in the spirit realm that will in turn change in the natural realm. Am I walking this or am I waiting? Now, I believe pastors lay hands. I believe in leaders and I believe in deliverance, all this stuff. But I hear the Lord saying, stop waiting around and being a part of some babysitter's club for somebody else to come lead you into what I've already led you into. I've already in my word given you power and given you authority and given you my Holy Spirit who's going to lead you into the truth, who's going to lead you into miracles. I'm telling you guys, the miracle life is so much better than living a natural life, living a life of signs and wonders. Friend, I don't know if you know this. You have the power to lay your hand, according to the word, on a sick person. And the Bible says, if you believe that person's going to recover. You have the power to tell a demon to leave and the demon has to leave. You have the power to prophesy somebody's destiny, to get words of knowledge that no one else knows about, Paul says, and then people will fall on their knees knowing that God is among you. You have supernatural authority. So what are we doing? 
with the supernatural power and the supernatural authority that God has given us. One of the blockers or the hindrance to having miracles is to say, well, brother, I just don't have the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. Let me make something clear. Every single one of you can pray for the sick, can pray for miracles, you don't need the gift. God's entire economy, the way that God moved among men is through signs and wonders and miracles. You cannot study the Bible. I'm so impressed by all these preachers, TJ, and teachers that have studied the Bible for 40 years and they preach a miracle-less gospel. They preach a powerless gospel. And I'm going, I'm so impressed by the fact that you can live in church your whole life and miss the miracle power of God all through scripture, the power of God all through the New Testament, the power of God all through the book of Acts, and I'm going, we are missing the miracle power that is available to those that believe. Now, it's not available to the church person or the average Christian or those that go to church on Sunday or tithe or are good people. It's available to believers, those that truly believe and say, God, everything that you have for me, I want in my life. Every good and perfect thing comes for the Father. And every single one of you tonight have access. That's why we're shouting and yelling and excited because we have to wake up the sleeping giant. We have to wake up the sleeping bride. The American church is sound asleep in the greatest hour, not of American history, okay? And this is a major hindrance is this nationalist gospel. Okay, I don't want to get off here, but we think that everything is about just what God can do in America. I came to tell you something. Our God is bigger than one continent, than one nation. Our God wants to move in miracles globally. Our God wants to shake country to country, continent to continent, nation to nation. The Bible says that one day, not every American, come on, is anybody in, in the chat tonight? Y'all are dropping off here now. But every tongue, every tribe, and every nation is going to declare the kingdoms of this world have now become the kingdoms of our God. This is a global takeover. We are not preaching a Canadian gospel. We are not preaching an American gospel. We are preaching a global gospel where miracles are going to break out in Japan tonight. Miracles are going to break out in Australia tonight. Miracles are going to break out in the Philippines tonight. Come on, where are you watching from tonight? South Africa, miracle power of God. Why? Because our God is everywhere. He's not bound to one place. He's not bound to America. He's not dependent on what's going on in the White House or what's going on in politics. Our God transcends and our God has power over the nations of the world. Now, is there a gift of healing and miracles? Yes. According to 1 Corinthians 12, there's an actual gift. And I'm praying, TJ, tonight that God would release and activate this gift. And my theory on the gifts of the Spirit, according to this time I've studied and the teaching I've read, the things I've, I've taught, is that we all have access to the gifts. Now, do we flow in all nine of the 1 Corinthians 12 gifts at one time? No. But the gifts are like a tool shed that we can take from to use for the assignments that we have because it's the same spirit that distributes the gifts as he wills to build up the body of Christ. And part of that is the working of miracles gift. The word miracles in Greek is dunamis, meaning power. So as we share miracles tonight, you say, well, how could a miracle bring healing and a miracle restore marriage? Because miracles are not bound to just physical healing. 
Miracles speak of the supernatural power of God. So this gift can literally translate to the working of powers or the working of the power of God. This is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit at work. And anytime you see miracles or we talk miracles, we're talking about the kingdom of heaven invading the kingdom of this world. Pray my kingdom come, my will be done on earth the way it's done in heaven. So we're guys, we're not just praying some little weak prayer. And, oh God, if you want to do something, it's in your will. We are praying for the kingdom of almighty God to descend on the kingdom of this world and in turn the natural realm changes. And also you have to realize too, and you, you're asking, well, what about deliverance? I need deliverance tonight. Deliverance, according to Mark 9, is also a miracle. Remember when they came, they told, they told uh, Jesus, we stop people from doing deliverance. They don't know us. They don't follow us. They're not on our live stream. They're not on our YouTube channel. And they can't be driving out demons. Only we're allowed to do that. And Jesus says, do not forbid them for no one who works a miracle in my name shall speak evil of me. So again, deliverance is also a miracle. Acts 19 says, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul so that even handkerchiefs and aprons were brought from those that were sick in body and diseases left and evil spirits went out. Again, miracles attached to deliverance. So unusual miracles being something outside the norm. This is TJ, what I've been believing for in my own life and the life of our followers is unusual miracles. Acts 19, I've been saying the only answer to COVID-19 is Acts 19. For God to do unusual miracles in your life. If you look at other miracles in scripture, like John 2, the water into wine, uh, John 6, feeding the 5,000, John 9, the creative miracle, a man that was born blind, Acts 3, the lame man that couldn't walk. We can go on hundreds of verses here. Acts 20, raising someone from the dead. These are all various types of miracles so it's not just limited to just healing so is there a gift yes and this is a supernatural over and above type of miracle power for those that work in the power of god and i believe we all have access to walk and to activate in this gift when we need it now here's something i want to touch on tj before i pass it back to you Many people want miracle power, but don't want to step out in miracle faith. So we want, God, give me your miracle power. Yet we never step out and pray for the sick. We never step out and pray for marriages. We never believe God for supernatural prosperity in our finances. We never believe God to move mountains, to multiply food, to do all the stuff the Bible describes, opening oceans. Yet we say, God, I want your miracle power. I want the miracle power of God increase in my life. I want the working of miracles gift in my life every single day. But here's the thing. If I'm not stepping out believing for it, then God says, "What? why would I give you the miracle power? Why would I release the working of miracles gift? We have to start stepping out in faith. We have to start getting risky and start taking bold moves and saying, God, I'm getting ready to step out of my comfort zone. I'm getting ready to step out what I'm used to. That might be laying hands on a family member. That might be laying hands on a friend. That might be stepping out at your job. That might be stepping out at work. God is looking for somebody to step out so that God can meet you in that place of expectancy. The Holy Spirit loves when we get uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit loves when we create opportunities that can't work unless God moves in the opportunities. So if we're living this, and this is something so important, we're living this natural, normal, sanitized, plastic type of Sunday morning, Americanized, Western cultured religion, it's no wonder we don't see the power of God. Where do we need the power of God? I told pastors before TJ, 
Where do you need God in your service? Do you need him between your three fast songs? Do you need him between your two slow songs? Do you need him between your 15 minute offering? Do you need him between your 25, four, 24 minute message? Or do you need him between your five minute altar call where everyone comes, repeats after you, fills out a card and goes home the same? We don't create a vacuum for the power of God. One thing we do in our ministry is at the end of every service, no matter where I go, no matter what we travel, no matter what event we're doing, we always leave unlimited time for God to move at the altar. When God's done, we're done. Why? Because it creates a vacuum and God fills the vacuum with his power. So we have to create divine opportunities. I hope I'm helping someone tonight. Type one if you're help if this is helping you. Divine opportunities for the power of God to move because God's power is looking for space to actually move in our lives. So we have to create these opportunities, like stepping out and saying, hey, can I pray for you? Calling a coworker, can I lay hands on you? Can I do deliverance on you? Well, I don't know how to do it, Isaiah. Watch the Holy Spirit help you. Watch the Holy Spirit fill the vacuum. Watch when you begin to lay hands on that demonized person and the Holy Spirit begins to take over and conduct the deliverance and drive those demons out. We have to stop relying on human effort, on human wisdom, on human knowledge. We gotta begin to get desperate for a move of the Holy Spirit. I feel a desperation like never before. God is looking for a desperation so that we can activate into this miracle power that he's made available to every single believer and desperation moving on on that with, with that with how you uh, let out with that desperation is what motivates action come on you know you have what you don't want you're not going to watch you know and just having desire just having desire by itself will not accomplish anything the bible says in proverbs a man who is lazy desires yet still has nothing your desire has to get to a point you know there's a lot of people i desire to eat better you know january 1st came and gone and it's gone, and I'm sure there's a lot of people around the world that made these crazy resolutions. And it's what, January 20th now? And and I'm sure 80% of them have broken them. Why? Because just having a desire, well, I desire to go to the gym and get fit. I desire to um, you know, eat better this year. Just having that one desire is not gonna do anything. I can desire all I want to be more fit physically, but if I have a, a hunger and desperation that rises to the point where I actually take action mm. on my desires, I'm going to stay in the same shape I'm in now. The same goes in the realm of faith. If you have just a desire, well, I want to get healed. That's great. That's step one. That's what hope is. Hope paints the picture for what you desire to happen. But hope by itself, the Bible doesn't say hope is the substance. The Bible doesn't say it's the evidence of things uh, unseen. The Bible says it's faith that is the substance of things hoped for. Hope carries no substance. There's nothing to it. It's a dream. It's an imagination. But hope is needed. But when you hope for something, locate the scripture that promises that, that thing. And now hunger. Go after that. Des like that woman with the issue of blood. She had heard about Jesus. She hoped for 12 years that the flow of her blood, the hemorrhage of her blood would finally stop. And for 12 years, she suffered at the hands of many physicians. Was no better. She only grew worse. But the Bible says that when she heard about Jesus, see, faith cometh by Come hearing on. and hearing by the word of God. Faith came and it conceived with like this like i almost think of it like in conception you know you have the man seed you have the egg something happened hope is the egg if there's no if there's no seed there's nothing being conceived 
Faith is that seed that causes conception that gives birth to the miracle working power of God. And when she acted on that faith, she pressed through the crowd. And I'm sure there were people that saw her there and said, what are you doing now? You shouldn't even be here. You should be under quarantine. You, you know, because of Come that on. issue, she should have been under quarantine. She should not have been out in public. She would actually would have been stoned on the spot if she was found out. But you know what desperation does? Desperation doesn't give a rat about anybody's Come opinion. On. Desperation doesn't care about the religious tradition. You know, the problem with the Pharisees, why they didn't see any miracles is because they made void the word of God because they held to their traditional beliefs. They refused to move on. There are so many people. All they do is meditate about how God, you know, operated Preach. in seven. 48 in the United States. And I'm great. I love studying revival. I love studying the awakenings. I, it really steers me up. But that should cause me to to be motivated to do something today that will stir up that same result in my generation. I'm tired of just reading about what God has done. I'm fed up with just hearing about what God has done for others. I'm going to take action today. Make this book personal. This book is not written to everyone but you. This book is written directly to you. You should read it and fill your name in it. Uh, in, in every promise that not Christ has redeemed TJ from the curse of the law. Not just Christ has redeemed us and very general and and and, uh, and broad. No, Christ has redeemed TJ from the curse of the law, being hung on that cross, being made a curse for me, that the blessing of Abraham might come to TJ, so that I can be a recipient to the of the of the Holy Spirit. When I read John three sixteen, God so loved TJ. God doesn't love everyone but you. That's another hindrance to miracles is that people have a hard time. They're so caught up in condemnation because what if what they've done, what they were before they came to Christ. I can never I can never be on God's side after what I've done. You know, I'm happy just making heaven. You know, the Bible says if God didn't spare his son, but delivered him up for us all. Will he not give us everything else? If Jesus died while you were an enemy, if Jesus died while you were doing the worst sin you ever thought possible, if Jesus died while you were, you know, doing whatever, immorality, drunk, you were drunk at a club, Jesus still died with you in mind. If he did it with you in mind then, and now that you've received him and have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, how much more do you think that every good and perfect gift, God is not only willing, he's able and he's ready to deliver those things into your hand tonight. So don't soak in sorrow, in the condemnation of your past. The Bible says there is therefore no condemnation. There is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus who no longer walk according to the flesh, but are chasing the things of the spirit. If you're chasing the things of the spirit, which by the way, if you've tuned into this broadcast, I believe you're part of that Come class. On. Then stop beating yourself up. Paul, I mean, look at Paul, the murderer of the church. He wreaked havoc on the church, the scripture says. He had letters from Jerusalem to bind people into prison, men, women, children. He wholeheartedly consented to the martyrdom of Stephen, the first martyr. And that Paul, the Bible says, when he received mercy, when he wrote the book, uh, the letter to Philemon, he actually states, I have wronged nobody. I have wronged nobody. Paul, the one who had the most blood on his hands, wow. writes to Philemon and says, I have not wronged anybody. 
I mean, that is someone who understands the message of grace and mercy. That whatever I've done by the blood of Jesus Christ, hallelujah, he is faithful and just, not only to forgive your sins, but to cleanse you from all unrighteousness so that you can too go and sin no more. And when you live in righteousness, David said, Psalm 66, 18, if I had regarded iniquity and sin in my heart, if I kept thinking about the wrongs of my past, if I kept doing the things of my past, then the Lord would never hear me. But on the flip side, the blessed be the man whose sins are forgiven. Blessed be the man whose transgressions are covered. For he shall inherit the good things of the Lord. Say Isaiah 3.10, say unto the righteous, everything will be well for them. But say unto the wicked, it shall not be well for you. If you're righteous, which if you're in Christ, you're living a life of holiness, then you expect things to go well for you expect God to pull through for you expect that as you lay hold of the hem of his garment which is the word of God that the same flow that stopped the hem the hemorrhage of blood in that woman's uh, body is going to stop whatever's hemorrhaging in your life tonight you know blind Bartimaeus had that same desperation he was blind had a, a beggar's robe on him to identify him and classify him as a legitimate beggar who had a legitimate uh condition his blindness and the Bible says when he heard about Jesus, I'm sure he wondered if he'd ever see again. I'm sure he had every desire to see again, but that didn't do anything. It's when he heard about Jesus, that same faith came alive in him. And the scripture says he began to cry out, oh, Jesus, son of David, is there a cry in your heart? Are you tolerating the thing in your body right now? Are you placating sickness? Are you pampering the devil's presence in your home? If that's the case, you're never going to break free. You have to hate and be disgusted with the thing that, that's harassing you or you'll never be delivered from it. Until you're disgusted, you'll never be delivered. Mm. Whatever you don't resist has a right to remain. Whatever you don't confront will, will continue to conquer you. That's why James, if you'll draw near to God, God said, I'll draw near to, to you. If you'll resist the devil, he will run from you as in terror. Blind Bartimaeus cried out, son of David, have mercy on me. And you know what they did? You know what the religious crowd did? Hey, shut up. You're not being dignified. Come on. You know what I've noticed? The people that I've seen get miracles in my services as I've traveled, they've always been the least dignified, always had the Absolutely. least dignified reaction to the presence of God. They're never the ones that are like this, just staring at you as if like, you know, you had like, loser written on your forehead. They're always the ones that weren't ashamed of the gospel. They weren't ashamed in dancing before the Lord. They weren't ashamed that when praise time came, they kept their hands down and, you know, well, I don't know. I, I, I don't, I don't really, I don't really want anyone. I, you know, that guy over there, I have a crush on him. I don't really want to lift my hands like that. No, they didn't care. Because you know what? Ultimately, the guy to your left, he can't help you. Come the on. guy to your right, he can't help you. You got to learn that there are things in life that unless God pulls through, you'll never pull out of it. And as such, we don't trust in men because vain is the help of men. And in certain cases, very, very useless. But with God, that's why I don't live a life trying to please everybody. I try to please Say one it. person because without faith, it's impossible to please God. But by faith, 
all things are possible to him that believes. There was a man at Lystra who was crippled in his, in his legs, had never walked an impotent man. And the scripture says, as Paul was preaching, he listened to him and he had faith to be healed. And Paul seen that he had faith to be healed. Well, how did Paul see that he had faith to be healed? Did he have some like faith goggles that he can just see the heart of men? No, there was obviously something he was doing. I don't know if he was lifting his hands, trying to get up himself, but he was moving. There was an action, an actionable step taken on his behalf towards the breakthrough. And what happened? Paul said, stand up straight on your feet. And as he did, his ankle bones were strengthened and he began to leap, run and praise God. I tell you today, if you'll do like Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to be ashamed in my praise. I'm not going to be dignified in the way I thank God, in the way I praise God. If I dance before men and I look a little foolish, I might be looking foolish before men. But I know that God is pleased with the way I'm reacting to his word. And when God is pleased, the Bible says he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Come on, so good. You're firing me up. I'm about to run around my office. I think one of the reasons why, as you just said, it takes action, that we miss out on our miracle is we don't understand that miracles oftentimes are activated by an act of faith. Oftentimes when God is going to do a miracle in a person's life, he'll do an act of faith. If you look at Jesus putting clay in a blind man's eye, this was an act of faith. Noah building an ark when it never rained was an act of faith. Rise up and walk, even though the man couldn't walk, is an act of faith. Listen, God might be telling you tonight to do something during this preaching that you say, Isaiah, TJ, this is illogical, it's irrational, and it's impossible, but understand that miracles oftentimes precede acts of faith. Moses throwing the branch in the water and the water became sweet was an act of faith. Moses throwing his staff on the ground and it becoming a snake is an act of faith. The prophet told Naaman, dip seven times and you'll be healed is an act of faith. God told Israel, march seven times around the wall. What are we marching for? What's all this shouting for? What's all this worship for? What's all this craziness for? It's an act of faith. God says, Gideon, break clay pots, blow ram's horns, and you'll defeat the army. Why would we break clay pots or blow horns? It's an act of faith. Acts of faith will activate the miracle power and these things cannot be overlooked because God uses them all through scripture. And there's hundreds of acts of faith and oftentimes the reason that we're hindered in our miracle is because we're not obeying the voice of God. If God says to step out and do it, You need to obey what God is saying and know that the miracle power follows the act of faith. Some of you in the chat say, how do I practically get a miracle? Obey the act of faith. What is God saying for you to do? It was an act of faith, TJ, for us to broadcast. It was an act of faith for me to get cameras and to start live streaming. And I thought maybe no one's going to watch. Maybe there'll be 30 people. There's 2,200 of you right now. It didn't start with 2,200. It started with 20, 30, 40, 50, 100. And by faith, we kept doing what God said to do. An act of faith to start the Mondays, the Tuesdays, the Fridays. Everything in God's economy and his miracle power, every miracle. Let me say this. And this is going to help some of you tonight practically that are in the chat. Every single miracle that I've seen in my life came from an act of faith, 
came from stepping out. Let me give some of you a reality check. You're never going to be ready for what God has for you. You're never going to be prepared. Some of you saying, we're just going to wait till everything's together before we believe God to give us children. Even though the doctors say we can't listen, step out. You're never going to be ready to have kids. You're never going to be ready to get married. You're never going to be ready to launch a ministry. Maybe God is saying, start an online ministry. Okay. I thought about one of the things I'm passionate about is teaching uh, believers how to do YouTube channels. I thought maybe I'll do a class. Maybe I'll do a zoom call. I don't know, but I know that many of you, God has told you start social media, start preaching, start sharing your testimony. And it's going to be an act of faith for you to actually make a YouTube channel. It's not going to happen. Listen, nothing's going to happen until you do it. No one's going to promote you. No one's going to want to want to do this or do that for you. You have to step out and partner with God and say, if I don't start writing, I'm never going to have a book. Listen, I've been saying (laughs) for 10 years, I'm going to write a book. Okay. I'm going to write a book. I'm I'm just not going to say it anymore. I'm just going to write it and then post, Hey, by the way, my book comes out next week because I've been saying it thinking that one day a book's going to just fall in my lap and be posted on Amazon. Listen, I've had publishers, some of the biggest Christian publishers reach out We'll publish, we'll do this, we'll promote. But guess what? It's going to take an act of faith for me to start typing out my book and actually putting work into it. It's not going to happen by me sitting around. And many of you are waiting for a miracle and you're sitting around. He said, Noah, I want you to build an ark because there's a flood coming. It's going to take you a hundred years. Was it a miracle that God saved Noah and his family? Yes, but it took a hundred years of work. And you guys want God's miracle power to save your family, but you don't want to put the work in. It's going to take work to pray for them. It's going to take work to build the ark to get them saved. It's going to take work discipling them. Many of you, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong tonight, TJ. Many of you want your family saved, but you don't want to put the work in to disciple your family. Now they're off drugs. Now they're not drinking. Now they want to hang out with you 24-7 because they have no friends because now they're radically saved and you don't want to make room or time because you got your nice polished career and you got your agenda and you got your little girlfriend on the side and so now your brother gets saved and wants you to disciple him, wants to go everywhere with you, wants you to pray with him all night long and he's bugging you for deliverance and you're going, God, I didn't want to do all this and God says, why are you asking for the miracle but you're not willing to put the energy and the time in and the act of faith. We got to get back to preaching acts of faith because God is asking us to engage in the miracle. Can God do whatever he wants? Yes. So then why did Jesus spit in the mud? Why did Jesus spit in the ear? Why did Jesus spit in someone's mouth? I don't know if you know that he put saliva in somebody's mouth. Why did Jesus said, go your way? Why did he say dip in the water? Because why did he say fill the jars? Why did he say break the clay pots? He's wondering, are you going to partner your faith with the miracle? The act of faith God doesn't need an act of faith. God doesn't need you to blow a horn and march seven times. God could have put those walls down in one snap. God could have said one word, breathed out of his nostril. You know, the Bible says that it was the breath out of the nostrils of God that parted the Red Sea. When Moses said, what are we going to do about the ocean? And God said, hmm. And God breathed out of his nose and the Red Sea was parted. It takes no effort for God to move. But God says, I want to see if you're willing to partner your faith with my word to see your miracle come to pass. And so here's the deal, y'all. If God is saying, do it, 
Just do it. Stop waiting around for everything to line up for the door and the red carpet to roll. Well, my pastor doesn't let me preach behind the pulpit. So go ahead and preach on Facebook. Can your pastor stop you from preaching on Instagram live? Well, there's only five people on there and preach to those five people. Like you're preaching to a stadium. People say, how did you get promoted so fast when you first got saved? Because I worked at Starbucks at four in the morning, put on my apron, like it was a three piece suit. And I preached to two of my employees every single morning from 4am to 4:30 before we opened the store. And then God said, oh, I can trust you with two people at four in the morning. I can trust you with 50 people in your house. I got up in front of those 50, TJ, and I preached until I was blue in the face. And God says, now I can trust you with 100. And I took those 100 people and I preached and I spent hours in prayer and time with them. And God said, I could trust you with 200, then 500, then 1,000, then 800, then 2,000. God will increase. But if God says, you're not even stepping out in faith, you're not even believing me, are you going to mess up? Of course you're going to mess up. Everyone in the Bible kept messing up. But God says, that's where I'm long suffering. I'm patient. That's where my grace comes in. So I want to tell somebody, do what God is saying. If he's saying to start the business, put out the act of faith and go get your business license. If God is saying to start the channel, go ahead and make the channel. If God is saying to marry the person, stop waiting. You've been engaged for three years. Just go ahead and put the ring on it and get married. If God is saying have kids, don't wait until five years where you grow. Got to wait for five years till I graduate. Go ahead and pop those kids out and bring them with you. God, God will make it work. We wait too long. I know people, teach you that have waited 30 years for what God said to do. In 1980, the Lord came to me and I would, should have been obedient. Baby, you should have been obedient because it's 2021. It's not 1980. <laughs> and you've missed 40 years of miracles. I feel the Holy Ghost. You've missed 40 years of encounters. I'm not going to live my life in regret saying I should have done in 2020 what God said. And if I'm honest, there's stuff right now that I'm like, I should have started this in 2011. I should have started this in 2012. I should have started this in 2013. But you know what? It was all in God's time. But there was also laziness, okay? Some of you are like, he's going there on Isaiah's behalf. There was laziness when God said, I want you to upload every single day. I was fighting it and I was fighting it. But God says, listen, you're going to have to put energy, effort, and work because Isaiah, I've given you one life to live. You don't have 150 years. I've called you to reach your generation. You don't have time. You don't have, you can't wait around until 30 years till it works out in 30 years. I'm going to be, I don't even know how I'm going to be. I'm going to be like 50 something years old. Okay. I'm going to be almost 60 years old. And then what I'm going to sit back. I wish 30 years ago when I was all young whippersnapper like you guys, I would do it now. Do it now. I don't care if you're 70. The Lord is saying, do it now. Step out in an act of faith. Is there different type of miracles? Yes. Some miracles are instant. Some miracles take time, like the lepers walking as they were healed. Some miracles happen at a distance, like the centurion boy who knew, you know, who's the centurion soldier who said, Jesus, go heal my son. Some miracles happen through a spoken word. Some miracles happen when you lay hands. Some miracles happen by an act of faith. But what you're going to recognize is that God wants you to participate in the miracle. God wants to use your hands. Who am I preaching to tonight? God wants to use your hand to do the miracles. Acts 19.11 says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul. God is sovereign, yes, but God chooses to partner with humanity. And our disobedience could be the reason someone doesn't receive their miracle. Don't say, well, he'll just send somebody else. 
when you're standing right there you're standing right there saying god will send somebody else to reach my family somebody else to reach my friend you go ahead and reach them let your hands be the hands tonight put your hands up and say lord i want extraordinary miracles to be released through my hands i want you to use me as a vehicle as a mouthpiece vita said speak to me isaiah i'm speaking right to you vita god wants to use your hands acts 19 to do miraculous signs and wonders what about the president what about the nation what about the economy what about the global pandemic what about the coronavirus what about that i have no money in the bank what about those things did god say noah build the ark when the economy gets better did god say paul start preaching when we get a a godly governor you know what god says god says none of that stuff is gonna stop me don't wait around now is the day of salvation there is miracle power when you're born again now is the time so when should I do it? Well, the economy's so bad, maybe I should wait to start, or maybe you should obey God and let God do what he wants to do. I'm, I hate saying this, but 2020 was the best year of my life. Why? Because God's kingdom is not governed by the kingdom of these worlds. His economy is not dependent on the economy of man. And God says what the world tries to curse, I'm gonna go ahead and bless. When the world tries to shut you down and lock you down and snuff out your flame, I'm the God that will raise up a shout. I'm the lion of the tribe of Judah and I have anointed you in famine. I have called you in the midnight hour. I have marked you when nothing else is working in the world. God says my kingdom is working. Friend, I got news to deliver. God's economy is not in a pandemic. God's kingdom is not in a global crisis. The angels are not at a, on a stay-at-home order. The angels are not being quarantined. Hebrews 1, God's ministering spirits are all throughout humanity working to minister to God's people and I speak to somebody as I lose my voice tonight that miracle power is getting ready to break out but you must participate with the power of God don't sit back with drool coming out of your mouth God paid too high of a price, TJ, for us to sit back and to not lay hands on the sick. Isaiah 53, 4 through 6. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the punishment that made us whole. And by his bruises, you are healed. Friend, do you understand that our God was crushed so that you can be physically healed in your body? And when we're not praying and believing for miracles or exercising our ability to lay hands on the sick, we're taking away from what he did on the cross. He paid too much, TJ, for me to not pray for people tonight. He paid too much for me to fall into spiritual complacency and laziness. He paid too much for me to sit idly by while my friends and family die of sickness. He paid too much for you to sit back tonight and not take this this serious. It's time to get activated. It's time to get engaged. We don't need to beg for it. God has already given it to us. God has already paid the price. Well, what if I don't get healed? Well, what if you do get healed? We're going to keep praying pray again if you dip once and you get up and there's still leprosy well then dip again if you march around the wall and the wall hasn't come down well baby march a seventh time you got to keep stepping out by faith and letting god meet you at your expectation level i believe that we are in a miracle season in a miracle time i know i just went long there but i just felt the holy ghost put me on a roll right there because i believe god is speaking to somebody now some of you right now i'm gonna say this last thing i'll turn back over here our city are going and we're going to pray here for you guys in a couple minutes just let us preach a little bit more some of you are sitting back saying isaiah you're speaking right to me and here's what the lord is saying back to you what are you going to do about it 
when is the preaching going to actually change your life now i know there's some of you you only show up when we talk about demons okay because all you care about is just getting rid of demons there's others of you that god is saying i need you to step out and do something i need you to begin to participate and i need these preachings and the fact that we spend hours and hours and hours and hours preparing on average i spend like six to ten hours preparing for my streams but god says what are you going to do about what you're hearing preach are you going to turn the broadcast off in about 30 to 45 minutes and say that was a great message powerful word by tj powerful word by isaiah i'm going to watch it back on youtube or are you going to say wait a minute i got to break up with this girl I got to break up with this guy. I got to start this business. I got to move out of this place. I got to start praying every day. I got to start fasting once a week. I got to start moving in the Holy Spirit. I got to start receiving the power of God. I got to start opening up my ears. I got to start praising. I got to start worshiping. I got to change something because I can't keep living the same way and expecting different results when God says you need to change something. I TJ, I want to change. Every day I'm going, Lord, what can I give you? What can I do? I'm all day long thinking, how can I reach more people? What new stream ideas to reach people with the gospel? What creative ways? How can I optimize on the algorithm? Why? Not so I can make money, so that I can reach people with the power of God we have to be open to what God is saying and what God is doing. I believe we're right here on the edge of God's miracle power being released, coming in agreement, coming in prayer as one way that we release the power of God. But I believe it's time to see miracles in your life tonight. Yeah, I, you know, I'm reminded of the verse Hebrews 4.2. It says that the gospel, the same gospel that was preached to them was also preached to us. Mm. But it didn't profit them because it wasn't mixed with faith in them that heard it. You can hear, there are in America, Canada, uh, a lot of churches around North American culture and the North American Christian culture, they're overloaded with scripture. They can quote direct quotations. They can tell you the, the proper doctrine of things. They're so loaded up with scriptures. But I told you before, faith in the heart does you nothing. If all you know is the scriptures of God and you, you know, I've hidden his word in my heart and that's it. That's not going to do you any good. You have to learn to act on it, to move. If you'll do the ridiculous in response Come to on. God's word, God will do the miraculous for you. If you'll learn to do the ridiculous, John 2, hey, we have no more wine. Whatever he tells you to do, Come do on. it. Okay, pour out water in those water pots. Uh, sir, we asked for wine. Do the water and see what I'll do. When they had this done, when they had this done, they took some of it out. And as they were walking, it still was water when they extracted it from the bin. Wow. And as they were walking, it was converted to wine. And when the master of the feast drank it, he said, hey, you kept the best for last. I tell you, God has more in store for you. Stop looking back to 1993. Oh, man, I, I remember the Browns were revival in 95. On, I remember being there and visiting that revival. What a sweet presence of Jesus back then. Yeah, it's the same sweet presence of Jesus here today. Ready to do the same things. But you got to take that step. Naaman is plagued with leprosy. He's got a, a, an appointment with death far be before his time. And the scripture says that uh, there was a slave girl, an Israeli slave girl that said there's a, a prophet in Israel. He'll heal you. He'll help you to get better. Just go and see him. So they go. He carries a caravan full of gifts and clothes and stuff he was ready to give him and pay for the anointing to be at work. 
But you know what? Elisha didn't even take one thing from him because you have to understand you can't pay for what God is going to do for you. There's no money that, you know, your U.S. dollar is not the currency by which God operates. Faith is the currency that gets heaven to act in your favor. Faith is the only currency that has purchasing power in heaven. So when he got to Elijah's house, Elijah, he expected Elijah to come out, have like this, you know, big rod and just wave it over his sick spots and take his hand and do some weird, you know, chant or something. I don't know. Instead, what did he do? Go and wash in the, in the river Jordan. He got ticked off by that. Because he said, I just came this far. You know how many times people, well, you know, I drove five hours to be at that convention. And, you know, I'm, I'm still the same. That man of God didn't even pray for me. Come you know on, what? TJ. It, it doesn't matter how. You can travel to Australia Go today there. if you're from the U.S. and still get nothing from God. Because there has to be. Oh, no. Faith is manifested in obedience. Faith is an outward expression of an inward confidence towards God. If you expect God to do everything in your life without you lifting a finger, you are going to live a frustrated, miserable life. Any faith that seeks to make God totally responsible for the outcome of your life is an irresponsible faith. Faith is taking responsibility in light of the scriptures. It's delightsome compliance with scriptures to produce living proofs. If your faith lacks proof, it's fake. James says, you show me your faith by your lack of works. I'll show you my faith with my works. Works is the spirit of faith at work. If you have nothing, if, you know, people, uh, I'm sick in my body. Would you please pray for me to be healed? I'll pray. But have you even taken the step to get the oil out tonight? Come on now. Get the oil out before we pray for the sick. Take the oil out. Open it up. doesn't matter if it's canola oil or Goya oil or it doesn't have to be from the Holy Land. You know, so, so many people, they put so much um, value on like things from Jerusalem. Like, oh, man, this is a chip from the Western Wall. And I keep that in my pocket everywhere I go. This is water from the Red Sea. I keep it on my desk and it brings me good luck. Like, what is that? <laughs> There's more anointing where my two feet stand than there is in the, where the Western Wall is. Because the Bible says Jesus died, and when he breathed his last, the veil of the temple was rent, was torn from top to bottom. And the Spirit, the Holy the God, the presence of God that was uh, contained in that Ark of the Covenant was released to go throughout the four corners of the earth. And the Bible says very clearly that when that happened, we don't have to go back into that system. That's why I can't get along with the Catholic way of doing things, because they're always pointing you towards a priest. They're always pointing you towards a man. Well, you, have to, you can't make confession unless you do it through the confession booth. No. If that were the case, the Ethiopian eunuch, when he, was, uh, when he had that encounter with Philip, would have died and gone to hell. Because there was no confession booth there. He just, where he was, he, he was on a road down to, uh, to, back to where he came from. He had just gone to Jerusalem to worship God. And he was going back to his house. And he, uh, Philip was caught up in the spirit to go beside the chariot. And he said, do you believe what you're reading? You know, it wasn't a convenient time. He, do you believe that Jesus died and rose from the dead? Yeah. Well, can I get baptized? Yes, you can. 
He didn't have to get to a church and have the holy baptismal tank. And, no, just right. Dipped him in the river that was nearby. And that guy was baptized, born again, and on his way to heaven. It doesn't matter where you are now. It does, it's like Isaiah says, stop waiting for things to be convenient. That man, that Na uh, Naaman, the Syrian, he thought the Jordan River was the most dirty river ever. He said, how many of the rivers of Damascus are way cleaner than the Jordan River? And yet his servant came up and said, hey, if he would have asked you to jump through like 10 hoops Come on. and do some difficult thing, wouldn't you have done that? It's like people are wired sometimes to, they'd rather do some hard thing rather yep. than just take the simplicity of the gospel. You know what Paul told the Corinthian church, 2 Corinthians eleven three? I fear as Satan beguiled or deceived Eve by his subtility and corruption, I fear that you too will be deceived from the simplicity of the gospel, wow. which is just hear and believe, hear and believe. And faith works two ways. Faith works, uh, sorry, faith works three ways. Faith first starts in your heart. For she said within herself, if I can just touch. Then faith moves on to your confession. You got to watch your mouth. Stop asking God in prayer for him to do certain things. And then when you leave your prayer closet, you're totally negating everything you spoke in prayer by the words that you speak. You have to set a guard over your lips, put a door over the mouth, over your mouth. The Bible says, I let the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your in your sight, my Lord and my Redeemer. David, when he confronted Goliath, he didn't just believe in his heart. He said, this very day, I'm going to cut your head off and feed your body to the birds of the air. Mark 11, 22 and 23. He cursed the fig tree. The next day they saw the fig tree cursed and withered away. They said, man, what did you do there? And Jesus said, oh, you, you thought that was amazing. I tell you, <laughs> if you'll have the faith of God, if you'll have the God kind of faith, well, what's the God kind of faith? God wanted to create the earth. Did he just wish it? No. God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be a firmament between the heavens and the earth. And God said, let us make man in our own image. You have to learn to what you believe in your heart, release. He called those things which be not as though they were. And when he did that, it came to pass. Mark eleven twenty three. If you'll have the faith of God, you will say. It's impossible to be in faith and not have a confession that lines up with it. You got to be careful how you talk. I know there's a lot of people that say, well, how many of you know we can die at any time? No, no, I can't. I cannot die at any time. Come because on. the Bible says, with long life, I'll satisfy you and show you my salvation. The scripture says, God told Abraham, as for you, Abraham, you'll be buried at a good old age and go to your fathers in peace. And the Bible says, I have the blessing that Abraham carried. So I know my life's not going to be cut short. That's not me being arrogant. That's not me being boastful. That's me being arrogant in my God and his covenant. God is faithful to his covenant. And if you'll open your mouth boldly, God will confirm his covenant openly in your life.
So don't shy away when everyone's saying, well, it's flu season. Oh, you know, anyone can get this COVID thing. No, not for, not me. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. We shall eat of the good of the land. He said, he'll, he'll bless your bread and your water and he'll take sickness out of the midst of you. That's not, I'll heal you when you get sick. That's, I'm not even putting you in a position where you could even get sick in the first place. Psalm 91, if you'll dwell in the shelter of the most high God, you will have Abide under the shadow of the Almighty. You will say of your God, He is my fortress. He is my rock. He is my pavilion. He is my refuge. He's my God in whom I trust. Surely you shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor shall you be afraid of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, the diseases that destroy at noon. No, a thousand can fall to your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but these evils shall not approach me. Why? Because I've made the Lord my dwelling place. I've made the most high God my refuge. I've got the blood of Jesus on my house. It serves as a red glowing neon sign to the devil and his cohorts. You can't touch this house. As for me and my house, we serve the Lord. This house, the Bible says, we are the seed of God. And as such, the wicked one cannot touch me. I'm untouchable. I'm seated in heavenly places. I'm far above principalities. I'm far above powers. Where I dwell now in heavens, the devil doesn't have access to. I'm only anointed to be um, set free from oppression of the devil. I'm anointed to set others free. That's where we've stayed at. We've stayed at the deliverance message, and it's a very good message. It needs to be preached. But there has to come a point where once you've been delivered, you know, Jesus said, when an unclean spirit leaves a man, he goes through dry places seeking rest, and he finds none. But he comes back to the same house. He finds that it hasn't been filled. Nothing's changed. So he goes in, and he he takes seven more spirits, more wicked than he. And the latter state of that man is worse than the first. You've got delivered. Some of you were delivered even yesterday on Isaiah's stream. And I'm telling you, we can't just stay in that place. No, you've dwelt along this mountain of deliverance long enough. It's time to arise and contend. Take dominion over the things that are seeking to assert dominion over you. You are anointed with the Holy Ghost and power. And just like Jesus was, he went about doing good healing all that were oppressed of the devil. The Bible says, Jesus said, I'm giving you this authority now to trample over unclean spirits and demons and over all the power of the devil. The devil is too cheap to keep you down. The devil is too defeated. The scripture says he has disarmed. Christ has disarmed principalities and powers. He made a public show of the devil openly. He paraded him before heaven and earth and uh, and hell and paraded his ugly, scrawny, emaciated body with a crushed skull and his brains pouring out and said, this is the, this was your ruler. But behold, I was dead, but I'm alive and I've stripped him of his power and I hold the keys of death, hell and the grave. And now I'm giving those keys to you. I'm giving that power to you that everywhere you go, you shall trample on his head. And every time you use my name, it'll be a reminder of his defeat at the cross. And he'll know to back off. He'll know not. It'll, it's like when you, you know, if you ever had a bully in high school or something, and then you went to your high school reunion and then you found out he's there and 
saying like, well, I'm not going. I don't care. I don't care if my crush was there. I don't care if my, my, uh, my friends are going. I'm not going because that guy, that bully, that guy who made life for me a living misery while I was going through high school is going to be there. So I'm not even going to attend. You go, be, you go, you go uh, ahead and, and say hi to all our friends, but I'm not going. Well, every time you use the name of Jesus, it's a reminder of the ultimate beating the devil received at the cross. Come on. So that he knows. Once that name, that's why the Bible says, I'm giving you a name that is above every name. That at the mention, not you don't have to, you know, Jesus, 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 Jesus. He's not a rabbit's foot. It's not a four-leaf clover. At the mention of that name, every knee in hell must bow to the authority of that name. And I tell you in the name of Jesus, any area right now where you're seeking a miracle, you're like Isaiah said before, today is the day of salvation. God will not put off to tomorrow what you're ready to believe for him to uh, mm. believe for today. God will not postpone breakthrough for tomorrow what you're ready to believe to receive today. There's no better time than today. We're going to pray. With that being said, that's a perfect place to put it. We're going to pray, guys. I'm going to pray just breakthrough. I'm going to pray revival. I'm going to pray deliverance. And then, TJ, I'm going to have you pray prayers of healing, miracle power be released. And then, guys, we're going to just begin to pray over comments, pray over the chat, and then just ask the Lord if there's any words of knowledge. And we're going to minister and pray for you guys for miracles. I believe right now we have set this up, a miracle atmosphere, expectation. You guys have heard the word of the Lord. And as we're preaching, we're building the faith. And now's the moment to receive your miracle. So, Father, right now, I pray over every single person listening that you would bring miracle power over them. We break and cancel every strategy, every plan, and every assignment of the enemy. Every place that you've been held down, we come against it now in Jesus' name. For those of you that are here that need deliverance, we come against every demonic power and every demonic spirit that you have allowed in your life we rebuke you now in jesus name satan your power has been broken you've been defeated on the cross and we say come up and out in jesus name you have no legal right you have no authority you must go we break every curse every spell every generational curse every all witchcraft that you've been had put on you we break it in jesus name we plead the blood of jesus from the top of your head head to the soles of your feet and we pray the miracle working hand of God one thing I'm hearing the spirit say is those of you that have lost love in your marriage you say Isaiah I've lost love for my wife I've lost love for my husband and God says right now I'm working miracles in marriages I'm restoring love I'm renewing relationships where there's been chaos where there's been brokenness the miracle power of God is restoring I've seen the Lord do this over and over and over. I've talked to people that say, I've fallen out of love with my husband. I have fallen out of love with my wife and God has restored it right now. So I speak over your marriage that you will not get divorced in Jesus name, but you will remain married and in love like never before, that you will draw closer to God than ever before. I break all anxiety right now. I break all stress right now. I command fear to go back to hell where it came from. And we speak the miracle working power and hand of God over your situation. Those of you 
that have been going through financial crisis. I pray, Lord, that your miracle hand would be over their finances right now, that you would cause them to prosper in Jesus' name. Father, I pray for doors to be open and opportunities that no man can close. And I just pray, God, right now that you would close doors that no man can open. We speak breakthrough now in the mind. We say depression, you have to go. Worry, you have to go. That this is not your weight to carry, but God says, give it to me. Father, we ask you, Holy Spirit, power be released right now. Father, we ask that you would send legions of angels to minister to your people. Your word says that your your angels are ministering flames of fire. So Father, we pray that you would release your ministering angels among your people. I just pray over some of you that say, Isaiah, I have no gifts. I pray the gifts of the Holy Spirit would be stirred up in you in Jesus' name. I pray for those that have lost or forgotten the prophetic words, that God would remind you of the prophetic word tonight in Jesus' name. We speak to dead dreams. We speak to dead visions and we see be restored in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we say do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Release your power. Release your anointing by faith right now in Jesus' name. We ask you, Holy Spirit, and TJ, you want to just start praying healing? We're believing tonight, God, uh, guys, for the healing power of God to be released over this broadcast. There's 2,300 of you listening, and there's enough power for every single one of you. God has not run out of power. It's not just for some people, but I believe tonight the miracle working power of God is in invading your house and bringing healing to your physical body and many other places. I want to say one testimony. Yeah, go ahead. Recent one before I pray. And I think that this encouraged me. So I know it's going to encourage your faith. There was a lady when I was in Saskatchewan, not too long ago in November, and I was preaching at a church. Uh, and uh, there was a lady that was brought one of the nights that had stage four brain cancer, a tumor. Mm. And uh, she was given a year to live. And they said, chemo, you can do it, but ultimately, you know, you're pretty much 99% chance of death at this point. It's, it's too far gone. Stage four, it was spreading. It, it was done. And so she came to that service and uh, she believed that God was going to heal her. You know, she had, she had faith that God was going to heal her. She, she, she knew God healed and that God loved her and stuff like that. But that night I preached, you know, exactly what we've been preaching tonight, that just you know, believing, well, God can, God's going to heal me. That's not faith. There has to be a scripture. There has mm. to be the word, you know, put me in remembrance of my word, says the Lord, bring forth your strong reasons and the, the strong reasons we have. Faith is the evidence of things we don't yet see. And it's not, it's, we don't yet see with our physical eyes, but I see it with my spiritual eyes in the word of God. You know, there were 12 spies that went to Canaan. Ten of them saw only with their physical eyes. There's giants. The land is great. You know, God really did promise us a great land. But there's giants in the land. The cancer is too strong. The diabetes is too, you know, too strong. The pain's too much. The marriage is too in shambles. They, they focused on the outward uh, evidence. They had no inner conviction. But there were two spies, Joshua and Caleb that said, yes, those things are true. We have physical eyes. It's not that we're ignoring. We're not burying our heads in a, in, a, in a drawer, just hoping things and wishing things away. No, those things are true. We're not deniers of reality. COVID is a real virus. It, it exists. But much more real is the power of God alive and on the earth to deliver us. So that's what they said. Yes, there are giants. Yes, there are the, the descendants of Anak there. However, if God is for us, if the Lord be on our side, these giants will just be bread for us to eat. 
And I, I want to encourage you because that lady, she had the, you know, God's going to heal me thing. But when we begin to preach that by his stripes, we're healed. That's not just some cute saying Christians say. Jesus, like Isaiah said, he was crushed. He didn't have to go to the whipping post. Technically, for our sins to be forgiven, he just had to have his hands pierced on that cross, his feet pierced, and blood to, to stream. That, that was it. His blood had to be shed. Well, why did he take time? He didn't have to have a crown of thorns. He didn't have to go through that. He did it. And prophetically spoken by Isaiah 800 years before even Christ walked the earth. He did all those things pre-planned, pre-programmed on his way to the cross because he, he wasn't satisfied with just getting you to heaven. He loves you so much. He has compassion for you to see you whole and healthy and well here on the earth. God wants to advertise you as a billboard system to this earth that our God is still Jehovah Rapha. He's not the God who... He's not the God who healed us, but now he's changed. Come he on. is the I am that I am. He is. It's, we didn't have an age of miracles. Whoever tells you that, they don't know the Bible. You take healing out of this Bible, you're left with pretty much a few principles, some teachings on love, and that's it, which is great. And we, those are, you know, all scriptures inspired of God. But you can't take you cannot take the healing ministry out of Jesus and still have the same Jesus. You're preaching another Jesus at that point. Mm. The Jesus of the Bible went about doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the devil. So I don't just preach that, you know, God wants you in heaven. No, God does want you in heaven. God wants to forgive your sin. God wants to give you eternal salvation. But God also has compassion to help you now. And so I, I laid, I called her out. Actually, I didn't even finish the sermon that night. I saw the power of God hit her so strong. Called her out, and I said, "Lady, power of God's on you, and uh, everything's gonna be all right." That's all I said. And as I said that, she like fell out, goes back to her seat, whatever. Nothing, you know. I I left Saskatchewan, went to do all our travels, finished the year. In uh, the last week of December, I get a pass. The pastor of the church calls me. Remember that lady that was like dying and she looked ghostly and was like white and pasty and she did not, she did not look healthy at all. Yeah. Well, she had her two months CAT scan last week and the doctor was astonished when he didn't see a trace of cancer in her body mm. and the tumor had completely gone. And he told her, lady, this is not the cancer that goes away. This is not the type of cancer that just vanishes. And, and you know, doctors can't say miracles because you know, they're legally bound, but that was a miracle. God did a miracle for her and it came in simplicity. I'm connecting with the power of God. As you connect tonight via the scriptures that we've preached and we've told a lot of scriptures, a lot of scriptures. This might be the most scriptured broadcast I've ever been a part <laughs> Come of. On. I tell you right now, set your faith, have a target. I'm not, you know, that woman with the issue of blood didn't say, I think I'll be healed. No, I know. That if I touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your healing power. I thank you, Lord, that by the stripes of Jesus Christ was the purchasing power for our healing. Thank you, Lord, that you bore our sickness 
Thank you that you already carried cancer in your body. You already carried diabetes in your body. You already carried multiple cirrhosis in your body. Thank you that you already carried all infirmity, all ailments, all sickness, all disease, even those things which have never been discovered by man. I thank you that the fullness of the curse of the law was laid on Christ. And now as such, Satan can no longer lay on us what God already laid on Christ Jesus. I thank you even now. I release the healing flow of Calvary into your body, wherever you're watching, all across this globe. I release the oil of healing to go and clean out your body, a fresh restart. If the same power was able to raise Lazarus from the dead, that same spirit is getting on the inside of you right now. Lazarus didn't have bad blood pressure problems. He had no blood pressure. I speak to that blood pressure problem. In Jesus' name, it gets regulated. Lazarus didn't have, you know, brain problems. He had no brain activity. I declare even learning disabilities. I I, I feel there's people who are watching right now, wow. you have learning disabilities. They've told you you have ADHD. They told you you have, uh, you know, difficulty, maybe dyslexia. Maybe it's, uh, you're, you know, you have a hard time focusing. OCD, mental, mental, you know, uh, mental, mental bondage and no clarity in the mind. In the name of Jesus, that power doesn't just touch the body. It's going to get in your brain right now. We have the mind of Christ and that mind is going to begin to operate in and through you from today in Jesus mighty name. I speak to dead organs in your body. Some of you are watching. You have a dead, you have a dead kidney. Maybe you're even functioning off one kidney. You had one kidney taken out in Jesus name. I pray a creative miracle over your body. A new kidney shall emerge in Jesus' name. I pray uh, the pancreas that they've said is a dead pancreas. Now you have to take insulin three times a day. In Jesus' name, God's going to squeeze that pancreas. You're no longer going to have to take insulin. Not by faith. It's just going to happen right now. It's not going to be you... You know, oh, I'm just quitting my medication by faith. No, it, you won't have to take the medication anymore in the name of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' mighty name, I speak healing over limbs, bad knees, deteriorated uh, uh, cartilage in the knees, in Jesus' name, in the lower back. I pray, I know there's a lot of people watching with lower back pain. In the name of Jesus Christ, the fire of the Holy Ghost gets into that lower back right now. And you'll be able to do what you haven't been able to do since high school. You're going to lift up. You're going to bend down. You'll be able to do squats again in the name of Jesus. I speak to those feet, flat feet. Man, I see it straight, clear as day. There's flat feet in your body. And it's caused a lot of problems throughout your whole structure and the bone structure. Pain in your back. Those flat feet. It, God who created you you have spare parts. He can change those feet real quick. In the name of Jesus, whatever the doctor said can't be repaired shall be replaced right now by virtue of God's power in Jesus' name. I curse tumors in your body. Mm. I command them to wither at the root right now. Tumors in your brain, tumors in your back, tumors in your neck, tumors in your, 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 your stomach, tumors throughout your whole biological body. In Jesus' name. It withers like the fig tree, withers to the root in the name of Jesus Christ. I pray for growths on your body. And I feel special, special, uh, especially to pray for eczema, dry skin, Come skin on. conditions. We talked about leprosy today. 
how when he dipped in the River Jordan, you know, we don't have to dip in the River Jordan anymore. You know, I see a lot of people, they want to go to Jerusalem to get baptized in Jordan as if it's like that's the way to do it. No, no, no. The river, I don't care about the river Jordan as much as I care about the one who walked and got baptized in that river, mm. whose name is Jesus. And that Jesus, the Bible says where his presence is, there is freedom. And I speak freedom right now to skin disorders, freedom, dry skin, uh, psoriasis, whatever it is, uh, flesh eating disorder and bacteria. That the doctor, you're constantly having going to the hospital and then have to clean it out and go through really unpleasant things. In the name of Jesus Christ, that flesh is as restored like a child right now in Jesus' mighty name. In the name of Jesus. Because he's still, <laughs> we're going to play for deaf ears right now. Come on. I pray for every deaf ear. Whether it's one ear, both ears, even if it's 80% deaf, not fully deaf. Don't tolerate it anymore. You weren't created. The Bible says God has made both things, the seeing eye and the hearing ear. He doesn't make deaf ears. He makes, seeing, uh, he makes hearing ears. And if there is deafness, God's going to open those deaf ears right now, just like Jesus did. Put, take your hand. Take your hand as a sign of uh, a point of contact and put it in your ear like Jesus did. In the name of Jesus Christ. Be open for the glory. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.